On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, we are taking a break from breaking down the NFC North because today we have a very special episode in store. If you enjoyed my Top 10 Fantasy Running Backs episode, then you should enjoy today's show. I'm giving you my very own Top 10 Sleeper Wide Receivers for the 2021 season. Why not my Top 10 overall? Well... You'll just have to listen to the full episode to find out now, won't you? And it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by HoopBall. Today is Thursday, August 5th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And I have a very special episode for you today. If you enjoyed my top 10 fantasy running backs episode, I think you're going to like this one. Because today, I'm giving you my top 10 sleeper wide receivers. Yes, sleepers, not best. And why I'm giving you my top sleepers and not my top 10? Well, if you're following my robust running back draft strategy, giving you my top 10 wide receivers wouldn't help you out too much now, would it? If you solidified your house, that foundation that I always talk about with two to three heavy workload, true bell cow backs within the first five rounds, then most likely those top wide receivers won't be available for you to take. So why should I waste my time telling you how good Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill are? You already know that, you silly gooses. So once we have those backs in place, and maybe we added a stud tight end or a stud quarterback, We need to know where the hidden gems and the hidden talent are at the wide receiver position to fill out our teams properly. You're about to find out why I always say we can wait on wide receiver and just how deep this position really goes. So with that, here are my top 10 sleeper wide receivers entering the 2021 fantasy season. Number 10, LaVisca. Pretend he's your little sister. Your little sister with the picture. Baga, baga, dicka. LaVisca Chenault is a super bad dude entering his sophomore season with the new look Jags. With a competent quarterback in the saddle paired with what should be a stellar rushing attack, someone will need to seize that number one role, and he could be that guy. While you guys are on DJ Chark, I'll be over at LaVishka where the cost is half the price and thus he's twice likely to pay off. Chark? The guy that new head coach Urban Meyer said was a big guy that plays little? Chark? The guy Meyer said I just didn't like his size and thought he was way below average? Yes, Chark suffered from poor quarterback play, but he's already in the new coach's doghouse while LaVishka has second year breakout written all over him. He finished second in missed tackles forced and closed out the season strong, averaging 10.3 fantasy points per game, while your guy Chark averaged half that at 5.8 points per game. Remember, Chenault was drafted high as a second round pick just a season ago, and he has received high praise for his skill set against man coverage. But me, right? 
So stop being a nerd and wasting your draft capital like Steven Glansberg and go on and take your chance with LaVisca, your little sister. Chicka, chicka, yeah, what? Number nine, am I buying into the hype? Maybe. That's Brian Edwards, and he's the tallest receiver on the team. John Brown, 5'10". Henry Ruggs, 5'11". Hunter Renfro, 5'10". Brian Edwards, 6'3". Reports out of camp are hot, hot, hot. So read all about it with head coach John Gruden comparing the receiver to Terrell Owens and some taking it a bit further on Twitter stating he looks more like Randy Moss. Either way, my attention is peaked. Durr, but this guy sucked last year. Edwards is set to start in three wide receiver sets alongside Brown and Ruggs, and people seem to forget that he actually opened the season as the starter before going down with an ankle injury he never bounced back from. With Nelson Aguilar now fully out of the picture and a healthy Edwards who's apparently crushing it in camp, watch out for the big body receiver to take full advantage of this opportunity. And as the wide receiver 77 coming off the board in an offense that has yet to declare a true number one wideout, he's the perfect sleeper and you can take a chance on him for nothing. Number eight, Paris, ah oui oui, Paris Campbell. And just like my guy Brian Edwards at number nine, the Colts have yet to declare a true number one wideout. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, ever heard of him? Oh, T.Y., the 32-year-old receiver who's been injured two of his last three years and didn't produce a damn thing until week 12 last season. Got it. Look, T.Y. might still have some juice left, but he's on the downside of his career and he's nothing more than a household name at this point. Can we trust him? Nah, bro, Michael Pittman. Yeah, Pittman might be solid, but honestly, his stat line wasn't that impressive over 13 games last year. 40 catches for 500 yards and one touchdown? With that group of receivers, that's it? A guy by the name of Zach Paschal topped that. If he was so talented, why didn't he get the starting nod quicker like Justin Jefferson did for the Vikings? The opportunity was there when Campbell, who was on the cusp of a breakout, went down in week one with a season-ending injury. Look, Campbell was drafted in the second round of the 2019 draft out of Ohio State, and I'll take an Ohio State guy over a USC guy all day. Some recent receivers that come out of Ohio State? Oh, I don't know. Michael Thomas? Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, which, by the way, went in the same draft as Campbell, but one round later in the third. Remember, Campbell's rookie season was completely derailed when Andrew Luck abruptly retired, leaving the Colts in a tailspin with a beef brisket, Jacoby Brissett. The talent is there, and he has real size and speed to him to challenge for that number one role. He's the wide receiver 63 coming off the board, guys. It's time to wake up. Number seven, quick, hide your shit because Debo's coming. What Debo? The one from 2019 that went for over 960 all-purpose yards and six touchdowns? Oh, that Debo. Didn't know you wanted him back, homie. Yes, that's Debo Samuel, and you better watch your step because this man is the bully on the block on Sunday, not Friday. And most of you are sleeping on one of the biggest dogs in the league. He's a bruiser. He'll take your chain, your money, and your soul if you get caught tripping. And now we're getting him on an injury discount? Most of you either forgot about his 2019 season or you're too enamored with Brandon Ayuk. Remember, Ayuk capitalized on the absence of Adebo Samuel and George Kittle. Those guys were injured for most of the year. 
He was their only viable option. And while I don't think Ayuk is a bad player, there's no way in hell he's getting 68 targets again. Samuel plays like a 49er. He plays with the tenacity the Niners are always looking for, always drafting for, and that's not going away anytime soon. So be careful, don't sleep, don't slip, and don't get knocked the f*** out, man. Number six, Mike Williams. Woof. I know, this is a tough one to sell, but hear me out. Since his arrival as a first-round pick in 2017, he's been overwhelmingly disappointing. But two seasons ago, he managed to crack the 1,000-yard marker while drawing in 90 targets. Yeah, what's your point, bozo? Enter new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, who just spent the last six seasons under Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. And my man wants Mikey to take over that X receiver spot. It's the Michael Thomas role, and he has the size to do it. In fact, his measurables are almost identical to Thomas's. Have we possibly just seen Williams used the wrong way this entire time under offensive genius Anthony Lynn? It seems that might just be the case, and he should start to receive a high amount of targets closer to the line of scrimmage instead of what we're used to, which was those two to four long catches per game. During Lombardi's time with the Saints, Michael Thomas averaged an incredible 150 targets per season. So even if we get a slight bump up from Williams' career-high 90 targets, we're looking at a 1,000 to 1,200-yard and 7-touchdown floor. And as the wide receiver 46 coming off draft boards, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. Number five. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Because it's not hip to be square. We're not squares here on Fantasy NFL Today. And you have to be one American psycho to pass on this guy. Don't you know who he is? He's not Hollywood. He's Rashad Bateman. I know, I know, Lamar Jackson can't throw outside the numbers, but I've assessed the situation, and uh, I'm going. Someone on this team needs to step up and take over, and the opportunity presents itself nicely for Mr. Bateman. The rookie out of Minnesota has the look and feel of a true number one wideout, a true alpha receiver that's capable of getting open at will against man coverage. He was drafted in the first round. He's not going to sit. He's going to be on the field all the time, and I've heard him draw comparisons to Keenan Allen. Now, I know my behavior may be erratic sometimes, but in fantasy, it's all about opportunity, potential, and value, and Bateman checks all the boxes. He'll have the opportunity to produce. He has unlimited potential to take over as the true number one, and as the wide receiver 55 coming off the boards, he certainly has tremendous value. So do yourself a favor. On draft night, don't just stare at it take it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to return some videotapes. Number four, with recent rumors swirling of the Philadelphia Eagles in hot, hot pursuit of the Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, this one can go either way. But regardless, like my pal Bateman, Philly is still searching for their true alpha number one wideout since the days of Terrell Owens. After many attempts and failing with guys like Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and Jalen Rager most recently, it seems they finally landed their guy, the Slim Reaper. Devontae Smith comes in on the lighter side looking like yours truly at 170 pounds. My dude is thin. 
but his biggest strength is his ability to separate and the ability to separate at the college level translates nicely to the NFL. He absolutely smoked his competition with the Alabama Crimson Tide going for over 3,100 receiving yards and 37 touchdowns during his last two seasons. He's being compared to Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison and he should prove to be an immediate, reliable, and consistent target no matter who the quarterback is. He's clearly the most talented option on the offense and should be featured early and often. I'm not worried about him getting crushed by NFL defenders. I'm just a little concerned about his durability over the course of an NFL season. The NFL is bigger, faster, and more intense than what he might be used to at the college level. We're already seeing the effects with him being sidelined for two to three weeks with the sprained MCL. So buyer beware. But as the wide receiver 35 coming off the board and potential to be the team's number one wideout, he qualifies as one of my bigger sleepers as long as he can stay healthy. Number three, after years and years of being an overvalued receiver in the fantasy realm, Brandon Cooks finally finds himself as one of my biggest sleepers of this year here at number three. He's grounded himself in as the true number one option on the team and with the Texans probably having the worst defense in the league, you can expect a lot of air time, a lot of catching up time, a lot of garbage time. He's only finished worse than the wide receiver 16 overall once in his entire career and the narrative of him being an injury prone player is false. Even with the history of concussions, he's only missed three games in the last two years. It's all about volume, and the volume is going to be there. Cooks has the talent within a talentless group, surrounded by guys like Anthony Miller and Kiki Cutie. There's no threat here. He's the guy. Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, or Tim Couch, it doesn't matter. This man will be fed, and like all cooks, we like to eat. A lot. Number two. Cortland Sutton, only to be cut short of a true breakout in 2020 with an ACL tear in week one. We now find Sutton on an injury discount just like our pal Debo Samuel. And any discount on a player with this much talent qualifies as a sleeper in AG's world. Just like the stock market. Buy, buy, buy! We're buying the dip and letting all the other losers buy stocks at their peak early on. Sutton has the size and the metrics to go along with any true alpha number one in the NFL, and people are drafting this guy to be their wide receiver three on their rosters? Are you kidding me? Have you seen this man play? He looks the part and plays hard. He has passion and fire in his soul. Something a lot of film guys say. Does he pass the eye test? Yeah, he does. When you watch him play, oh, he pops. He pops all right, right off that TV screen. Even with Denver's stout defense, the Broncos play in a tough division against teams that are going to score a lot of points. The Chargers twice, the Chiefs twice. So they're going to have to put up some serious points if they want to win. And Sutton will most likely be the first read no matter who the quarterback is. Oh, but Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater suck. Listen. Sutton was on the verge of stardom with Drew Locke under center. He finished that 2019 season with 72 catches going for over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. I'm sorry, but if you don't see the value in this, then you're too far gone. And I leave you in the hands of God now because I can't help you. And number one, first we got DK Metcalf, then we got AJ Brown, 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you my number one sleeper for the 2021 season, Elijah Moore, the book of Eli. And no, this is not a mistake because he's about to go absolutely nuclear all over this league. He's only the next Ole Miss product coming down the pipeline after going for under 1,200 receiving yards and eight touchdowns during his final season with the Rebels. But you don't like short receivers. This guy's five foot nine, weighs 180 pounds. Well, look at me and color me purple. Actually, scratch that. In fact, color me green, gang green, jet green, any green you want because I'm all in. Every single player to ever speak about Eli Moore has nothing but the highest praises. How hard he works, how focused he is, how bad he wants to win. He's got a dog in him and a desire to be the best. I don't care who anyone else is comparing him to because I'm pegging this man as the next Antonio Brown. Antonio? Yes, Antonio Brown. Plus, he's the perfect fit for what new offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur wants to do with this offense. You've heard me say before on this pod that I absolutely love rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. I think he's the next superstar quarterback to come out from this draft, and there are already reports of great chemistry between the two. Yes, the Jets brought in Corey Davis, and yes, they still have Jamison Crowder, but we've already seen everything we've needed to see from them. So move on over, because there's a new sheriff in town, partner. His name is Eli, and he is this year's Justin Jefferson. Yes, I said it. Yes, I mean it. No punches are being pulled this round, and we're going for the Mike Tyson knockout because this man is embarrassingly coming off boards as the wide receiver 57. Don't be afraid to reach because the payoff will certainly be there. And just to pile on a little more, pun intended, this defense is going to be getting scored on left and right, which means more airtime, more catch-up time, and more garbage time. Pun, pun, pun. But that deep ball is exactly Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore's specialty. I see big huge enormous things coming from this fantastic prospect and we can get him cheaper than some of the guys in my fantasy league so with that my biggest sleeper of the 2021 fantasy season the new york jet elijah moore (laughs) 